0: Scream 7 is in shambles. Nicholas Holt got cast as Lex Luthor, and they're making another Jason Bourne movie. Let's get into the movie news this week on Raiders of the Lost podcast. Jason Bourne Origins. The 17th movie. (laughs) (laughs) So, Scream 7 is in disarray because the studio execs of Spyglass, as we all know, fired Melissa Barrera after she posted on social media uh, in support of Palestine and a ceasefire. And then Jenna Ortega followed suit by dropping out of the picture herself, I'm not sure what they were expecting would happen when they fired Melissa Barrera. Did they think that Jenna Ortega would be like, "Yay, now I'm the lead"? You don't think they're close and tight? Like, obviously, she's gonna be really upset about that and follow her friend out. Yes, yeah, Spyglass, Spyglass, they shot themselves in the foot here because I think they underestimated the backlash that they would receive from an actor in Hollywood. You know, yeah, getting cut from a movie as well as the support from her friends. Obviously, Jenna Ortega. It was reported that scheduling conflicts for Wednesday Adams, which is why she can't do this. But she was already signed on, so she's just dropping out. And they're desperate, Spyglass, to get Scream 7 going somehow. They're trying to court Nev Campbell, Sydney Prescott, who they wouldn't ironically pay for Scream 7. (laughs) So they're trying to get Nev Campbell for Scream 7. She's going to get paid now. I I bet if I'm Nev Campbell, you have to pay me $20 million to be in this movie. I would say that, too. That's Because it have, makes if money. You, if, you want to make, yeah. if you want me to be in this movie, pay me $20 million. After the disrespect I was shown for Scream 7 and not being paid for it, it is just a, a mess. Spyglass entertainment. They also just came out with Thanksgiving, which is now being boycotted by people over the same kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And this was just a bad move from the studios. And I think they just didn't understand... What kind of fallout would happen? So here we have another case of studio exec execs acting like absolute boneheads. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's a way to put it. But how way about to go. Way to go, guys. we run, oh, well, I mean, Scream 7, who knows if it'll even get made now. It'll get made. Who, who are they going to put in it? Who are going to be the like, the main character? It'll be Scream Origins. <laughs> 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 who made the Ghostface costume? Will they get, um what, Skeet Ulrich to come back as Billy Loomis? Maybe. No, that's not Skeet Ulrich, is it? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay, You yeah. got it right. I get You're mixed a smart up guy. With him and the guy from Underworld. I always get their names mixed up. Which guy from Underworld? The guy from Underworld. Michael Sheen? Or Scott mm-hmm. Speedman? Scott Speedman. Okay. That's who. I don't know why. But Scream 7 is a mess, and I probably wasn't going to see the movie anyways. You made a great tweet. Yeah. You, what'd you tweet? You said... Well, because everyone's like, I'm boycotting Scream 7, boycotting Scream 7, retweeting uh-huh. the story, and then I was like, I already wasn't going to see Scream 7 so, anyways. That's amazing. I didn't love five and six. I didn't yeah, love me either me either. But I didn't the way like, six ends is Melissa Barrera's character is essential to go forward to yeah. the story. So I don't They'll know what to they're do. gonna do. They'll, They'll have, have to do, do a reboot. We'll see. But let's move into the box office. Now, the five-day holiday weekend had some pretty good surprises. Now, Hunger Games, the ballad of songbirds and snakes, is still on top of the box office with forty million dollars this five-day weekend. And Napoleon surprisingly beat Disney's new film. So Napoleon grossed. $33 $33 million domestically, a very good... Yeah. I mean, Hunger Games, $40 million on a five-day weekend is an awesome second weekend. Yeah. And that movie's probably at $100 million domestic now and maybe... Easily. So it's probably t- turning into the red right it's, now. It's closing in on 300 globally, so it's going to be a profitable film already. But Napoleon might have a good second weekend. I think it might have some good word of mouth. And there's we'll really see. nothing like it in terms of the war epic out right now. And there was it. a lot of competition because Thanksgiving weekend's always been famous for family movie going. And that's why Disney's always dominated Thanksgiving weekend, except yeah. for now with Wish... Only getting thirty two million dollars on again a five day weekend. Not very impressive for an opening week for yeah, five days. Especially for our new Disney release, and they were probably hoping for a closer to sixty to seventy million for the five day weekend. All these her- movies came out on yeah. Wednesday. Yeah. Wednesday to Sunday. And then Trolls Band Together remains a pretty good contender and it's the second weekend with twenty five million for this weekend. And then Thanksgiving, Eli Roth's horror film, which we mentioned earlier, is in fourth place. Fifth place with a surprising eleven million dollars. So that film is doing very well. It's closing in on thirty million dollars right now. So technically it had a better second weekend than its first weekend because yeah. it pulled ten million, but again, it's a five day weekend. Yeah. So But people are liking it's it a Buffer. It, yeah. The Marvel's uh is still on a downward trend with eight million this five day weekend. The Holdovers, Alexander Payne's new film, grossed four million in its wide release this past weekend. That's pretty good. It's looking like it's going to probably do Priscilla numbers. It's, both of them are doing terrible well, in terms of their budgets. They're both going to be in the red. They're both in the red by like negative thirty mil. What was the budget of Holder? Holders? Both of them are around thirty million dollar budgets. Yeah, but it's the first weekend. It's not a completely wide again, release. but it's a five day weekend. Yeah, and is pulling only four mil. It, man, you're so negative today. I'm just no. I'm just <laughs> looking at a- this guy. No, analy- it sucks. It's terrible. Listen, I'm analyzing. <laughs> I'm analyzing the box <laughs> office. You here. just said a four million dollar opening weekend is a good weekend. Priscilla opened with. And it was a million. it was a bomb. No, it's got twenty million. It's still in the red by like negative twenty still. Priscilla was an expensive movie. It's not a bomb. It's doing pretty good. It's gonna. It's <laughs> not gonna turn a profit. Neither is holdovers. They're both gonna be in the red. They're both gonna lose money. <laughs> well, that's all I'm saying. We'll get people to watch it. Yeah, we will. But I'm just saying <laughs> that objectively, the holdovers and Priscilla are both gonna lose a lot of money for their studios respectively. <laughs> we'll see, man. We'll see. <laughs> so we'll is see. the next goal wins. No, no, this is a bomb. Next goal wins a bomb. It had a pretty big budget too, and. It's at two point seven million for this five day weekend. Taika Waititi's film, unfortunately, did not deliver at the box office nor with critics. It's his, I think, it's worst performing film with audiences and critics. It seems like it, yeah, because yeah, that was like a fifty million dollar budget. But of all these movies, Hunger Games, Trolls band together, and mm. Thanksgiving are so far really the only successes of this oh, yeah. this hall right now. I'm shocked, um, Hunger Games with these legs, like the fans really came out, man. They came out. I'm not really surprised. It's a beloved franchise. Yeah, but I mean. I don't know, because it's different cast, different story, but this movie, it looks like it's going to be the surprise of the fall if it keeps on like this. It's comparable to the Fantastic Beasts movies, even mm-hmm. though they're not great movies. The first one is still very successful. It pulled like 600 mil at the box office. That's true, but I do think the Hunger Games... I think the Hunger Games movies is, be- is better... This one is better than the Fantastic Beasts movie. Really? Fantastic Beasts were always, they were okay, they were good. They were underwhelming, for yeah, sure. I've, underwhelming. Never had, I've never had a bone in my body say, hey, let's watch Fantastic Beasts tonight. Exactly, I've never want to watch it again. I've only seen them all once. So, I don't really have... That's all I need to see them. But Hunger Games, I think they did a good job. I think they did a good job with it. All Around is a strong movie, and Fantastic Beasts, the opposite. So, I think that there's a lot of potential going forward with this new trilogy they're going to do. I think so, too. Yeah, for sure. And But overall, decent numbers for a five-day opening weekend. Yeah. Hunger Games really pulling up front. But, you know, some some movies living in the red there, man. And then the next big <laughs> holiday weekend will be Christmas, so I'm excited to see the Christmas numbers. I'm very excited to see Poor Things. Oh, December's going to be amazing. Yeah, we be have be some big. really banger, big bangers coming up. Poor Things is going to be awesome. Yeah. It's been, speaking of top stories this week, Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA member FDIC. You mentioned earlier, Nicholas Holtz has just been cast officially as Lex Luthor in the upcoming Superman Legacy from James Gunn. And this is pretty reminiscent of when Killian Murphy was cast as Scarecrow in Batman Begins, even though he went up for Batman wasn't quite right for the role. But the director still loved him, so he's like, hey, can I get you in there for Scarecrow? So something similar is happening with Nicholas Holt, and I'm sure Lex Luthor will have a large part to play in the entire franchise of this film. Yeah, I think they're making a trilogy. That's the plans, and hopefully Lex Luthor's in all of them because he's a great recurring villain for the Superman world. And Skylar Gisondo will play Superman's pal Jimmy Olsen. You may know him from Inherent Vice. What character is he in Inherent Vice? He's the actor friend. Oh, my God. Yeah, the That's actor right. friend in Inherent Vice. I mean, not, not Inherent Vice. I'm sorry. It was Licorice Pizza. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Licorice That's what pizza. I was yeah, okay. And then, right now, he's got a supporting role in, as one of the brothers in Righteous Gemstones. Because he would have been too young to be in Inherent Vice. Yeah. Yeah. But he was in... Sorry, I mixed that up with Licorice Pizza. But he's really good. He seems like a good fit for the role. Fans seem to be happy with the cast. I think they overall did a great job casting this movie. I'm very Same. excited. The cast Same. looks stacked. And we talked about more of it last week, but so let's move on. Oh, to... sorry. Speaking of last week, so the villain we talked about last week, she's going to be like the he- the main henchman for Lex Luthor in the film. Okay, so Lex Luthor's going to be like pulling the strings. Kind yeah, of, exactly. Of everything. I'm excited because Nicholas Holt, we've talked about him a ton and he's just missed out on so many big roles. He was number two for the Batman losing out to that. Obviously, he was number two for Superman losing out to this. He's lost out on huge roles. Bond, Bond he's lost out on a ton. And so to finally get like a huge role... In a massive IP, not just like an ensemble like X Men First Class, because that's just a huge cast. Mm-hmm. And he's blue and has hair on his face all the time. <laughs> <laughs> he's got thumbs on his face. Yeah, feet. he's beast. So half the time he's human, half the time he looks like a beast. So I, I think it's an awesome role for for Nicholas Holt to get because we've always said he's like, oh, he's on the cusp of being like a big movie star. He is. I mean, he's a movie star, but yeah. he's he's just missed out so much on big roles. I think in his middle age he'll get he'll get that huge lead role. Because this is a this is a big role, but he's not the lead of the movie, obviously. But I think when he's in, probably in his forties, he's gonna get that eventually. And the when, big one. And when comic book movies are done really white, right? The vi- <laughs> white. <laughs> when done, they are done pre- pretty white <laughs> when they're done pretty when they're done well. The villain's always remembered, and the, true, the actors who play the villains. Sometimes they... the movie's only as good as its villain. Exactly. Yeah. So I'm pretty excited to see Nicholas Holt as Lex Luthor. Yeah. Uh, I wonder be, if they'll shave his head. It'll be better than the last two. Kevin like, Spacey was okay. Eisen, I mean, Kevin Spacey was kind of the perfect casting at the time to be Lex Luthor, but good. just that movie was just underwhelming. His whole play was ridiculous. Yeah. I'm going to build real estate with this rough terrain, <laughs> <laughs> even though most of the planet is unlived in. Yes, yeah, it it's a weird plot. It's like we need more land. No, we don't. He, he did. He did almost take down Superman, though. Terrible plan, and though. Kryptonite. Like the, the most of the Earth's not lived on. Like there's no need for more land. It was so. It, I can't remember. Was it Kryptonite? So he was so his his whole thing was growing the new landmass and then he put kryptonite in it so that Superman, So that kryptonite expanded within the the stone and so that when Superman landed on the huge rock he started like feeling really bad. <laughs> <laughs> he got depressed. <laughs> oh my god, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, and the, well Eisenberg was I think Eisenberg was he's such a great actor but maybe miscast in, in the Zack Snyder verse. I, 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 he was cast for what they were going for, but the problem was what the direction was. They were going for a young IT tech guy for Lex like, instead of like the traditional comic book version. That's what it was. He was a good p- choice for what they were going for, but overall the direction didn't really quite. It was work. too much of an origin story for Lex Luthor becoming evil, which he eventually does later on. Yeah, and yeah. we would have seen that sinister side of him more. And remember, like the Skittles stuff. Like the Skittles are good. Yeah. <laughs> Moving on to some Star Wars news. So. Dave Filoni has been promoted to chief creative officer at Lucasfilm. He will steer the future of Star Wars for Disney with Kathleen Kennedy and obviously producing a new Mandalorian film as well as being part of the story of the entire Star Wars universe. All the shows, all the movies, he'll have a say and opinion and creative direction for all of them. I think they watch South Park. (laughs) (laughs) I think so, too. (laughs) I think it's a good choice. People love him, and he's proven himself in the world of Star Wars for years now. So if you want a creative officer, I think that Filoni is definitely the best. You don't want just a, a producer who's been successful at producing movies. You want someone who's been successful making Star Wars stuff, and he has been. For so years. And So he knows the lore very yeah, well. And stuff making content that fans love. So I think he's he's really like the only option going forward. And it's something that... They need to please the fans now. Yeah, and I just hope they give him... like Because of their TV shows, Mm -hmm. and it seems like they've just been heavily controlled by Disney in general, of giving him more creative control, maybe this is a move where... Because Ahsoka was underwhelming for a lot of fans. Some people loved it, some people didn't like it. Same thing with all their other shows. So even though he's the one who directed that show and show ran it, maybe he had a little too much... Maybe he'll have complete control. Yeah, maybe the yeah. studio is looking down a sh- over his shoulder every time. Maybe he'll have more control over. <laughs> what? <laughs> what I'm just picturing South Park's Kathleen Kennedy, <laughs> <laughs> the Carmen Kathleen Kennedy. <laughs> <laughs> Kathleen Kennedy's under my bed. <laughs> that's what I mean. So maybe he'll have control over yeah. the stories and over the direction of the shows and movies going forward. Sure. And maybe he'll increase the product, the value, the, pro- the production value, of the product, the the creativity of the product. I think that's a great point. That's an excellent pick. All right, moving on to one of our favorite action franchises is the Born franchise. Well, it was. And they're making another one from director Edward Berger, who directed All Quiet on the Western Front, the Netflix original film. There's no news really about the project. We don't know if Damon's coming back. We don't know if it's going to be an origin story or whatever. There are a lot of novels to adapt so they can mine the story for so much material from all the written material. So I think that if they're going to go forward, they should recast it. Damon's getting pretty up there in age, and the last one wasn't really well-received. So I would say if you're going to do this, do a reset and start a whole new franchise. Because the character's great, and it's kind of like this could be a new Bond for the the next 50 years. The new Jason Bourne. Obviously, Damon is perfect in the role, but I'm curious to see what a new direction they could take. The thing with the character is recasting it, they kind of tried to do that with Born Legacy, even though it's a different kind of agent with Jeremy Renner. He's not Jason Bourne. He's just an agent in the Treadstone program to an extent, but the Super Serum was just, that's such a forgettable movie, yeah. Born Legacy. And then Jason Bourne, technically the fifth film, the fourth film to Matt Damon's franchise. Uh-huh. Like you said, it was not just well-liked. It was just underwhelming, especially even Matt Damon was back and Paul Greengrass was back. I've seen that movie once, and I've seen the other ones ten times each, at least. Oh, same. Same thing, fantastic piece. But in terms of the story of the character, in terms of an amnesia, a a secret agent who gets amnesia, will it work as well for a reboot like a like a James Bond character does? Mm -hmm. Because James Bond is kind of easy to wipe the slate clean, go for it again, and you can do different things. But because there, you need that, you have the necessity of the amnesia for the character of Jason Bourne. If you reboot it, it's just going to seem too similar to the original. Yeah, that's a good point because with, with Bond, you can do you can get very creative with the characters in Bond. You can really reinvent the character, yeah. which they do every time. But with Bourne, you are beholden to the structure of the story. And you're also beholden to do people want to watch the, the people in tech rooms and in, in the surveillance rooms and the geopolitical stuff. Do we re- want to see that still? So I think and we they, know the answers to all the questions yeah. now. So I would say if they're going to do it, try to make it smaller in scope. One of my problems with the the biggest problem with the fifth one, Jason Bourne, was it just felt like the same thing. It was like a bunch of old dudes in government who were evil, and then we had a whole surveillance crew. It's like, if I was going to do it, just make it just follow Bourne's POV. You don't, We don't need to see the f- surveillance rooms. We don't need to see all that. I think it would be more interesting if they went smaller in scope and scale and made it like more of a gritty... Low-end film. In, if anything, I would take away the amnesia. Sure. Eliminate that from the story. Maybe it could end with him getting amnesia. The Possibly. First film. So maybe an or maybe like an origin story for yeah. Jason Bourne, but maybe the whole movie is based off one mission. I would like that. That he doesn't lose his memory. Maybe he's more of an empathetic character, less of like a Terminator machine. Mm-hmm. Maybe he's trying to go against Trent's own I don't know, but it, it would just seem too familiar if it's the same story, secret agent, amnesia, trying to piece everything back together. It would just... Be too reminiscent of the original, and it's tough because the first three are so good, and it takes three movies to piece everything back together. Yeah, but we get all those answers, so mm-hmm. that's the great part of that trilogy is the mystery. Yeah, it takes so long to solve. We'll see, but I think they have a good director picked out. He did a, that guy did a great job. Oh, it's it an nice awesome film. movie, yeah. All Quiet on the Western Front. He fence. did a great job. Let's move on to some Batman universe news. I the mentioned. Penguin. We have got our first look at Colin Farrell in the Max original series as. Oz Oswaldo Cobblepot. Now, this show will pick up just a few days after where the Batman ended, exploring the the moves that Cobblepot makes in the power vacuum left by Carmine Falcone's or Falcone's departure. They call him Falcone in the show, in the movie for the Batman verse. Then Bat, yeah, Rat Then Falcone yes. in the Christopher Nolan trilogy. Yeah. And I, I'm pretty excited to see this because Colin Farrell is obviously an incredible actor. Oz was a standout in the Batman and it obviously ends after the flooding of Gotham. He is just paring out over the city, sunrising, just plotting basically my plan to take over the city. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be really exciting, I think. Sort of an origin story in terms of his rise to taking control of Gotham. I'm looking forward to it. I think he looks great. and is what, That was one of my favorite parts of the film was Colin Farrell. Mm-hmm. Next up, we got our first image of Nosferatu, the upcoming Robert Eggers film about a remake of the original classic film. We got the first image of Lily-Rose death with a shadow of Nosferatu's hand covering her body and face. And it's just reminiscent of the the shadows in that film and also the shadows in the film Vampyr, um, the other silent film. And I just, like, I'm really looking forward to it. There's also this... In the blue- shadows of yeah. Cabinet and Dr. Caligari. Yeah, there's this really great blue, desaturated blue-gray tone to the color. All of his films have a different, like, color hue to them. Obviously, the black black and white of the lighthouse, and then the desaturated, like, silvery quality of the Northmen, and this one looks just really fantastic. And so, Robert Eggers said, I'll say that, because Bill Skarsgård is playing Count Orlock, he said, I'll say that Bill has so transformed, I'm fearful that he might not get the credit that he deserves because he's just not there. I'm just... No, there. There's an idea of Patrick Bateman. There's an an idea of Count Orlok. (laughs) (laughs) He's getting ready in the morning. (laughs) And he said he felt like honoring who had come before him in terms of the actors who also played Orlok. It's all very subtle. But I think the main thing is that he's even more a folk vampire. In my opinion, he looks like a dead Transylvanian nobleman. And in a way that we've never seen what that actual dead Transylvanian nobleman would look like and be dressed like. So buckle up and bolt your windows and doors. A brand new Robert Edgar's nightmare is, bound to, is about to unfold. There you go. So Lily Rose Depp plays Ellen Hutter, the wife of Nicholas Holt's estate agent, Thomas, who will be petrified by the power of the bloodthirsty Count Orlok. And they just released today, just now, a photo of Nicholas Holt and a still of him in the film. Oh, no way. He's got these huge, you know, like the thick... Chops? I, uh, the thick chops, yeah. Sideburns? Yeah, sideburns, and he's holding a lantern in the house. He looks like he's terrified. So it's pretty awesome. Costuming lighting's going to look fantastic. I can't wait. It is, is, The Northman, unfortunately, didn't get any Oscar love, but The Lighthouse got nominated for cinematography, and I expect this one to have really fantastic cinematography. The Northman is such a good movie. It's great. It's a, an astounding yeah. piece of production. I, I can't believe the, the snubs that, for that movie. The mixed critical reaction, too. It's I love The Northman. Unbelievable. Moving on to... A highly anticipated film for us at the end of the year. Maestro, Bradley Cooper's next film. Early reactions came out in reviews. It's at a 82% critic score on Rotten Tomatoes and a 7.0 on IMDB. Reviews are kind of mixed, but yeah. overall, I think this is gonna be one of the best movies of the year. And everyone's saying, even though the movie's not perfect in a way, I guess, but they're saying Bradley Cooper and Carrie Mulligan are absolutely sensational in their roles. And Bradley Cooper just disappears into his role as Leonard Bernstein, really just portraying several different decades of the man's life in his 20s, 40s, 50s, the last days of his life, and really just embodying that person and that character so well. And Carrie Mulligan is supposed to be a career best performance for her as well. I read an interview of Cooper's recently where he said that he spent six years training to accurately accurately portray composition, um, composing an orchestra on film. Because it's very complicated and what composers do is all very technical and controlled. It's not like just – it might look to like an audience random person like, oh, they're just like waving their hands around. But it's all extremely precise. And he spent six years getting ready for just this one scene. It's a six-minute scene. It's supposed yeah. to be incredible. I can't wait for this movie. Uh, Me too. I, the trailers are awesome. I think it's going to be fantastic. The trailers are awesome. Yeah. I, I don't care what anyone says. I don't I mean, care. mean, is still a good score. Yeah. Let's, let's remember. But also, this is the very early reaction. Mm-hmm. I'm sure it'll bump up higher. We'll bump it up. We'll bump it up. <laughs> we'll, get this, we'll get those numbers up. All right. Next up, speaking of Karate Kid news. Who said speaking of Karate Kid? <laughs> That's all we've been talking about. <laughs> what did we Speaking of Karate speaking Kid? Of, speaking of uh, Leonard Bernstein. Of let's get this move into the Karate Kid. <laughs> so... Jackie Chan and Ralph Macchio actually, Macchio, Macchio, oh shit, I said it wrong again, (laughs) Ralph Macchio just released a video together where they announced that they're teaming up for a new Karate Kid film, and they're looking, they're on the hunt for the next Karate Kid. So both actors will appear in the film with this new Karate Kid, so. They'll be reprising their roles as Daniel and Mr. Han. And this story will bring the, both of their stories to the East Coast and focus on a teen from China who finds strength in direction via martial arts and a tough but wise mentor. So the search is underway for the Chinese actor to inherit the title role. And this looks like a lot of fun. I think fans of both the original and of the new TV show that is a big hit are going to be really excited for the film. Yeah, to have them both be in there, which it's is wild. really cool because yeah. obviously uh, Pat Morita passed away so he can't mm-hmm. reprise his role as um, Mr. Miyagi. But to have Daniel Sun, Daniel back, as well as... Mr. Han, is very cool, so it's kind of just connecting the world of the Karate Kid. Even though the Jaden Smith, Jackie Chan one was <laughs> one, so stop, stop laughing at me. <laughs> there's a tree on Jamie's on James on his, Jamie. <laughs> there's a tree on James's desk, and he keeps bumping into you it. You fucking put it there. You can move it. <laughs> <laughs> it's cool to connect the whole world of the Karate Kid. Yeah, even I though that it, was kind of looked at as a remake, but not really. I think it's a smart idea, and to make it international. So it's not. It's not really technically a remake. Or rebooted. Legacy sequel. Yeah, The legacy sequel. I like that. All right. There are only a couple of trailers released this past week, and they're trailers that we've already seen before, from films that we've already seen trailers of before. So there's a new Ferrari trailer that was released. Looks really fantastic. We get a lot more about the story and characters involved. And I was just really impressed and floored by the trailer. Very powerful stuff. And then there's a new Poor Things trailer, Yorgos Lanthimos' new film with Emma Stone and Mark Ruffalo reveals more about the character and what really her motivations are in terms of becoming like a, a human being and trying to become like a, a person and both trailers look fantastic these films are coming out in December so buckle up and get ready for these cannot wait so let's that's get... it though no no new trailers really that's it for trailers yeah. all right well let's get into some stories we got our first look at Eddie Murphy reprising his role for I gotta see this. Beverly Hills cop Axel Foley that's what it's called that's the name of the oh title my God. of the movie <laughs> That's so a based, terrible name. It's off the title of the movie, I'm a little skeptical now. But obviously, those OG Beverly Hills movies are awesome. I love Beverly Hills Cop, so I'm gonna be optimistic. But it's cool to see Eddie Murphy back in this role as Axel. Everyone loves Axel, and they were hit movies back in the '80s. So it's gonna be cool. That's the title, man. Oh well, wow, really hidden the IP's hard. You know, you gotta get the hash, the the right keywords. Yeah, but like fans of Beverly Hills will. You don't need to put Axel Foley in the title, but a lot of people might not even know who the character is. True. Maybe that's why. Oh, wow. Look, he's still got the uh, the Varsity jacket. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> Maybe he's a little too old for the Varsity jacket. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe, yeah. <laughs> well, I'm actually I'm looking forward to this. Yeah, that'll be fun. <laughs> All right, next up, Creed 4 has just been announced, and once again, Michael B. Jordan will be directing the film. So he's really spearheading the future of this franchise. I like it. I like it. The, I like Creed 3 a lot. Yeah, it was I really, really well-received. It performed well at the box office, so obviously people in the studio want more. I think that's a top 20 movie for me this year, Creed 3. Nice. I think so. Oh, yeah, it came out this yeah, year. Yeah, it came out in March <laughs> 2023, man. <laughs> Holy <laughs> crap. Yeah, not quite the top 10. No, not anymore. Yeah. It was in the first half of the year. It's crazy, man. I posted my top 10 on Twitter, and man, the fucking vitriol out there for me having my own opinion about movies. Also, I want to let you know, so it's the... <laughs> First of the top ten list, put eleven movies on the list. <laughs> <laughs> not many people noticed. Yeah, most people didn't Some notice. Some people just were like, like me. So it was like, fairly can't count, unsubscribed. <laughs> but man, like it's unbelievable. Like people were like, this should be on there. How dare you not put this on there? It's like this is my list. Someone called it an AI generated list. This is my I know, right? I was like, oh my god, I can't have an opinion. It's like this is my personal favorite movies of the year. But if I don't have Spider-Man across the Spider-Verse high high enough, I'm a bad person, apparently. 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 Moving on to Venom 3. Tom Hardy made an Instagram post in... He opened the post with the caption saying, The Last Dance. So, this maybe is his last time playing the character? A lot of speculation going on here. <laughs> it's not like people are like in love with this French. I don't know. I like Let There Be Carnage. <laughs> I'm one of the seven people that actually enjoyed that movie. It's like, act like it's like this huge epic thing. <laughs> well, no, because it all ties into Spider Man yeah. 4 and everything. Yeah. yeah. In oh, yeah Sony's that's true. movies, yeah. Sony's universe with their villains turned heroes you know what, if for ne- tom holland's next movie i think him versus venom would be a lot of fun that's what they should that's do no one else just venom and him we don't need the sinister six right now yeah. just venom versus spider-man because yeah. they didn't really do a great job of it in spider-man 3 because there's so many other villains going on because we have goblin we have sandman too. but just venom just like the, like like the old school like the cartoon we were just venom yeah. versus spider-man it was great yeah man let's get it back who knows we will see. But it seems like it's maybe the last time is going to be the character. Yeah. Maybe he's like going to die or pass on the mantle. Well, I mean, he probably wants to do other stuff. He does. He's made his money. He made that Venom money. Venom! 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 Knock, knock, there's the devil in. <laughs> <laughs> Venom! Venom! <laughs> Next up, we got some Naruto news. The anime is been rumored to be getting made into a live-action film for about a decade now, but there's finally some new news about this. They have a screenwriter attached to the movie now. Tasha Huo, who also wrote Tomb Raider, will be writing the film Naruto, of the live action. Interesting. Interesting. All right. One of my favorite things that happened this week was two of my favorite people, two of my favorite celebrities. So Denzel Washington, one of my favorite actors of all time, and then Tom Brady, just like the sports hero of Boston. Of they, the world. they collaborated on a podcast this week. This is amazing. And... They actually recreated a scene from Remember the Titans, and so recreated it how? Like so, oh. they're over Zoom, and then Denzel was playing um, coach again, and then oh, like they acted the scene yeah, out. Yeah, they acted it out. <laughs> so Tom was playing um, Donald Faison's character in the first time the coach meets the team, and he's like, "Is that funny? What's funny?" And then, you know, that whole back yeah, and yeah, forth, yeah. like, no, it wasn't funny. Football. It's not funny football. now, is like it? Football. Football's fun. So Tom Brady played Face fight- football fun? Card. Is it still fun? still fun? No. No, it's not fun at all. No, you sure? Not a little bit? No, no, not fun. So they recreated that scene to open the podcast. It's a lot of fun to see. It's like two absolute fucking icons. That's crazy. Yeah. Man, that's so cool. Yeah, that's I'm going to cool. listen to it today. Man, I got to check that out. Denzel yeah. and, it's and Tom. They look like they had a lot of fun, too. It's great. Man, the respect they must have for each other. Yeah. It's so cool. Both of them like, oh, my God, it's the all-time great. Oh, my God, it's the all-time great. <laughs> <laughs> two goats, man, two goats. Plus, Denzel loves football, and yeah. obviously his son was a professional football player. I mean, any fan of football is going to have the utmost respect for Brady. Very cool. So, moving on to some Christopher Nolan news regarding the James Bond film Rumors. You remember, we were pretty skeptical of it, or I was, I think. I wasn't. I w- and it, it's been announced that Christian Nolan will not be directing the James Bond films. He was in an interview for a new screening for Oppenheimer they did this past week, and during, yeah, they're promoting the the uh, physical release. Yeah, the the Blu-ray, Steelbook, yeah. yeah. So he got asked during the interview the rumors about the James Bond movies. He said, "No, it's not true. Unfortunately, it's not true." I called it, man. Too bad. Called it. I told you, there's no way. Even if they talk, I'm sure they called him, but they were probably. like, But also, can you like? Can we have control over some of it? Yeah, I'm sure that he would do it. Obviously, it's a, it would be a dream of his, but he would have to have control Dude, of it. Dude, at the end of the day, it's yeah. Amazon owns MGM, and I know the Broccoli family is in Barber's is still in control of James Bond, but you know Amazon still wants control over some of the story, when you every kind of project they make. They wanted him to direct the James Bond reality series. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the thing. Like <laughs> Nolan needs 100% control over everything, yeah. and there's no way Amazon would ever give that to anyone. Ah, uh, what a disappointment. What a disappointment. I'm not disappointed. I would have loved to see a, a period piece James Bond. will never get that. We, that only, lo- we only would have gotten a James Bond period piece if either Nolan was allowed to make it or Tarantino was allowed to make it. They're the only two that would have done it. I know. It. Well, I mean, just go watch the old ones. Yeah, but we, I would love to see an old, like a period piece with like the modern filmmaking that we have today. That'd be cool. And the, the huge stunt work we can do now. It would sure be awesome. It'd be amazing. But also, it's Nolan. I'm pretty excited for his his original ideas going forward, like he always does. He's a cool dude. Listen <laughs> to your friend Billy Zane. <laughs> That's your <good laughs> favorite reference. <laughs> yeah, I love it. All right. Gary Oldman is in the news. The first still from his upcoming film from Paolo Sorrentino was just released. And Sorrentino is one of Italy's most acclaimed directors. You've seen a bunch of his movies. Oldman will be co-starring this film, which is about basically Sorrentino's love of his hometown of Naples. And we'll focus on the life of a woman named Partenope from her birth in 1950 to the present day. Now, this looks very much like it's heavily inspired, obviously, by um, something like Eight and a Half. It's got black and white cinematography. It's set in the 60s and 50s. And we get, like, looks like a lot of social life set. And Sorrentino's done the social life in modern Italy a few times, uh, most notably with The Great Beauty. So I'm looking forward to this. I love him. Great director. And Gary Oldman, I can't wait to see him in, like, Italian. Maybe he'll – I bet he could do Italian. You know he'll speak it. I bet he could do it. If an actor can do it, Gary Oldman can do it. 100%. Yeah. 100%. Final bit of news. We got some information about the upcoming production of Tron Aries. (laughs) That's the correct way to say it. Aries. (laughs) Starts filming after the holidays. <laughs> It'll be shot in Vancouver, Canada. So get ready for Tron Aries. Aries. In probably twenty twenty five then. Aries. No. no problem. I bet it's gonna be winter twenty twenty five is it there will be released. No really plot details have been released about this film, right? Nobody's interested in it. <laughs> They've just done casting releases and nothing about plot at all whatsoever. M- let me double check. Tron Aries. Oh yeah, because um just casting announcements. Because it also has Evan Peters, Cameron Monaghan, yeah. Jodie Turner Smith, Jared Leto. Oh, Greta Lee got cast in it recently. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Those so I mean, the, the cast weeks, is yeah. really good. We'll see. We'll see. I I don't know what who's, they're gonna do. Who's directing it? Uh, Ruben Fletcher is directing it. No. I just, I just wonder what they're gonna do. Are, are they gonna ha- Are they gonna continue the story of the ISOs coming into our plane, into our Earth, basically? And continue that story <laughs> and have another villain inside the Tron program. I don't know. Okay, so it's gonna be a, so Ares is Jared Leto's computer program, um, and he's on a journey from the digital world to the human world. So he's stuck inside. So the he's yeah he's not related to any of the characters in the previous films, and so he's already in the in Tron. So he made a DSL to Tron, <laughs> <laughs> and he got stuck inside of it. <laughs> so he's a program in the digital world. I mean a who, DLC. I'm sorry. Yeah, he's he's a program <laughs> in the digital world who wants to who wants to enter the the uh, human world. And it's directed by uh, Joachim Ronning, who directed the last Pirates movie, uh, Maleficent, Malesci- 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 Mistress of Evil. Um, so he's done big budget movies, but both of those films were meh. They're okay. So we'll see. We'll see. And it's written by... Who wrote this? Steven Lisberger. Oh, no, he wrote the original Tron. So this is Jack Thorne is the writer of this screenplay. And he wrote... Uh, his dark materials, Nola Holmes too, uh the help. No, just help. So I don't know. I'm not I'm not sold. I'm not at all. My my <laughs> excitement just dropped yeah. I didn't I wasn't very excited about <laughs> like, I mean Nola, Nola Holmes. Holmes too. <laughs> no, Nola Holmes two. Oh man. <laughs> I forgot it came out. <laughs> Anyways, like, how do, you make a Str- <laughs> how do you make a Sherlock Holmes movie and Sherlock's not the character? Anyways, he's in it. hes I mean, he's in it, but he's, he's not the it's main character. He's hot. He's a hot Sherlock Holmes. <laughs> he's too hot. The thing is, I, I watched a couple of clips of the first one. It's just like, he's too big. <laughs> he's, <It's> like, <laughs> he's huge. Well, the first one's because around the time they were making Justice League. Yeah. So he he's massive. just fucking massive. It's like this isn't Sherlock Holmes. <laughs> he got the he got the performance down, but it's just like he's just a massive like human. The body mass is way too yeah. big for someone in. Sherlock 19- is 1890s. a person. Yeah, he's a person who like hardly ever eats, and he's always just like very mal- mal- now looking. Yeah, very gaunt looking. So it doesn't <laughs> fit the character at all. Well, I mean, I watch Henry Cavill play any character, so it works. I know that. (laughs) (laughs) The whole world knows that. All right. Thanks for tuning into this episode of Movie News on Raiders of the Lost podcast. Let us know what you think about Scream 7, about Nicholas Holt, Dave Filoni, Jason Bourne, everything we talked about. Leave something in the comments for us to interact with on YouTube. Send us DMs, Spotify, answer and engage on the polls. And if you want the ad-free experience of this show without any ads whatsoever, all you got to do is join the $5 tier on Patreon. That gets you access to Episodes completely ad free. And you can listen to them on Spotify. Yeah. And uh check out my shirt. James has a shirt of the boys the on boys, it. The yeah, boys, yeah. From Discord. It's great. Yeah. Look at them. They look so handsome. I told them i make they're my sons. They look so handsome. I told them I'd make a shirt about it. We got Jacob, Cody, Donnie, and Dawson. What a cool bunch of kids. <laughs> what a cool bunch of cats.